I'm Dr. Lara Devgan. I'm a plastic surgeon in New York City, the CEO of Scientific Beauty, and of course, a major beauty enthusiast. You are listening to Beauty Bosses, where we chat with fellow industry leaders who are shaping beauty, fashion, wellness, and all things pretty. Hey everyone, I'm so excited about today's episode of Beauty Bosses. We have Amanda Hirsch, who's the founder of Not Skinny But Not Fat, one of my favorite Instagram accounts. And she talks about everything related to pop culture and celebrity gossip and her adorable baby. And she's also the host of her own podcast. So thanks, Amanda, for being here. Thank you for having me on. It's such it's so flattering to, um, to be invited well, to the podcast. I love your podcast and I also love all your content. So I thought this would be so fun. Um, Amanda, for those of you guys who don't know, has the best Instagram account. It's at not funny, but not, sorry, not, <laughs> not skinny, but not fat. Um, and I was wondering if you could just tell everybody a little bit about what you do. So it's such a random thing that I do because honestly the way you put it the introduction was so cute because like and celebrity gossip and our cute baby and like random AF and that's someone sent me that they were talking about my account on some Facebook group which like I don't go onto Facebook groups because they're usually mean places like there's a hierarchy of um social media meanness so like Twitter is like mean, like Twitter is savage. Twitter is, Twitter is the meanest for sure. Twitter, Twitter is the meanest. Um, Facebook, I think is like a little bit less than Twitter. Instagram, I think is the nicest. Yeah. TikTok is, is, where does TikTok fall in that? I don't even have the app. That's how oh I told God. you I'm doing a middle. I tried to do a middle part a la Gen Z. I don't even have the freaking app. I feel like you would be so good on TikTok. I think I would say TikTok is meaner than Instagram. And I think it's a little meaner than Facebook. It's slightly savage on TikTok. You, are you on it or are you an observer? I am a content creator, Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> I post a lot of surgical and procedural videos on TikTok. Um, and it's so oh, that, interesting. That yeah, it's because that has the vibe it's like the 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 vibe of like the the choppiness right so it like looks good for what you do yeah well it's such a visual field i feel like anything that's a visual medium can mm. make sense Mm -hmm. Um, well, I have so many questions to ask you, so we have to get to it, but I wanted to start by talking to you about 2020 because it was such a crazy year and not just because of the pandemic and kind of society really looking inward. Um, but also there was so much that happened in the world of celebrity and influencers and all of that kind of stuff. What were your high and low moments of 2020? Well, I just put this up like the other day that I feel really bad that 2020 was really amazing for me. And I'm so sorry to everyone who, you know, had hardships in 2020. And I mean, cause it was a shit year because of COVID, but Aya was pregnant. So I didn't mind to be quarantined. I was like, thank God I can be in sweatpants all day. I don't have to like pretend to go out to dinner and you know, not be able to drink or have to ask if the cheese is pasteurized, like I can just be at home. Um, and then I gave birth, which obviously 
things sucked about going to doctor's appointments with Corona and giving birth with a kind of a mask on, but, but then it was like, okay. And then I was home with my baby. So, and then so much good stuff. I mean, Noah, my son came to, to, to life in 2020. So, uh, I, I, it was a good year for me. Sorry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and you were saying before, or someone was saying before, because we were all home and we are all bored, so much good sleuthing, which is a word, look it up if you don't know what it means, has come out. Like there have been deep dives of stuff that yes. like no one cared about. Like, Hilaria yeah, tell Baldwin. me. So this is, yeah, wait. So, so tell me about like what, what was the, the craziest stuff that happened in 2020? Well, I think Hilaria Baldwin was nearing the end. It kind of like was 2020, 2021. But I think that again, people are doing deep dives on stuff that like the Hilaria Baldwin thing was so fascinating. For those of you who don't know, there's tons of shit about it on the internet, but basically she's Alec Baldwin's wife and people found out like people all of a sudden one day were like, wait, why does she have a Spanish accent? She's not even Spanish. And then they went in and, you know, found and dug up old clip, not even old. That's what I'm saying. It was all there. It wasn't some like FBI, CIA digging, right? It was like, everything is served on a platter. You just have to like Wikipedia her. Oh, she's from Boston. It was just boredom brought us to this, like, who cared about Hilaria Baldwin before? You know what I mean? Um, but, uh, and then she became my whole life in like two days. I was like obsessed with her. Like, why do you, why do you think human beings have that in us? Like, I know this is a little bit more of a philosophical question, but what is it about celebrity culture and other people's lives that we just find so inherently fascinating? Like, you know, people love to know the Starbucks order of like their favorite celebrity, or they love to know the favorite sneaker brand of such and such a person. And what, what is it that is so specific? and so fascinating it's so true because it is wild that people are just looking because right there's a thing called influencers for instance and people sometimes think about it as a negative thing like oh this person's trying to sell me things people want to be sold things too you know what i mean people are looking to be like tell me what to buy like i even me little old me i'll put up a story of my nyc apartment not of the part, let's say of, of me, right? And they'll be like, what is that in the corner? And where is that from? You know what I mean? And you're like, <laughs> so fascinating, right? I know <laughs> when I was designing my office, I had so many inquiries about the Pantone paint colors. And I was like, I got to do a deep dive on paint colors right now, because I'm not sure. So it's a wild thing that people, you know, are so interested in other people. But at the same time, I understand it because we're all just looking to like relate to other people. You know what I mean? Like, let's say I'm on medication for anxiety, right? I'm on Zoloft, antidepressant. If I see that like Amanda Seyfried is like, yeah, I'm on Lexapro. I'm like, oh my God. Like it makes me feel like I'm not, you know, it used to be, everything used to be so isolating and alone. Like you never knew if someone else was going through the same thing as you're going through. You never knew if someone else was into the same shit that you're into. And today it's like, it's so easy to find out 
You know, people ask you about your office paint because someone in Colorado is painting their house and they want to know what you're using. And here's someone who can like give, so it's just, it is a wild philosophical deep question, but it's also, um, I think the day to day that I live of it is like the shallow end and I'm really fine with that. Love yeah. It. Well, people want to connect with other people. There, There's this author I like, Douglas Copeland, who's the guy who coined the term Generation X. So I mean, not to age myself, but that's probably why I like him. But anyway, he he talks about how the, the whole reason we're on earth is to try to connect with other people. And he has this really poetic, beautiful line where he says, love is just an excuse to look deeply into somebody else's eyes. And I kind of think that, you know, not to put too fine a point on influencer culture and like a swipe up link for a shirt, but it is cool to be part of something. And I think we all see little aspects of other people that we identify with, that attract us, that repel us. And we want to be a little bit part of that. And like, if it's getting the same lip gloss that somebody you like is getting or getting the same, you know, floor lamp or whatever, um, it's, it's a weird form of interconnection. Yeah, everyone, and there's that term like relatable, right? Like people yeah. that are relatable, things that are relatable. And it's when you're like, oh shit, that person, like I, for instance, when my account um, became more celebrity focused uh, or or some, some, some of it, but it was when I used to, everything I post now about celebrities, I used to send to my sister who loves it, that too. I used to like DM it to her. She used to be like, oh my God, I'd be like, can't believe Courtney this or Kim that. or. And then one day I was like, oh, I'll just share it because maybe people will care about this. And then when people were like, are you kidding? Like we saw this and this is, a, I was like, oh, okay. So I'll, and my sister got offended. She was like, you don't send me shit anymore. Cause I started just posting it for everyone to see. And, and it's wild when you're like, wait, I'm not the only loser that like lives and breathes this shit. And I actually, not to get too deep, used to be like ashamed of it when I was younger and I loved E and I loved Entertainment Tonight and I always loved celebrity gossip. And when I used to go with my mom to the supermarket and help her, I used to just stand, you remember? Like I used to just <laughs> take the magazines like from where the aisle is. And it's to like read Star Magazine and um, Us Weekly because I never paid for it, obviously. And then um, in the era and, before Fresh Directs, <laughs> in the era before, yeah, <laughs> go to the supermarket, read a magazine. It's like so old. Um, and I remember my older sister who studied uh, uh, public health, or uh, and then she became a nurse. She used to like make fun of me, like Amanda Sosa professionology, like like you know. And then then it's like you have your community where like people, you know, celebrities love celebrity gossip. You know what I mean? Like yes. it's, it's everyone, everyone's in this together. Are the people that you're posting about ever seeing your stories or commenting on things? That is the, <laughs> I just made a fit. I don't know if this is, but like, so when I started. She leaned in really close to the camera and I got scared. And you were like, um, needs Botox. Okay, we'll talk about that later. Um, but, uh, you know, as my account's growing, it's becoming a little more difficult, which is obviously super positive that it's growing. And you're like, what are you checking my wrinkles now? I'm no, scared. I'm, oh, okay. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm looking really closely. Are you what? Okay. Um, 
But yeah, that's funny you asked that because literally as my account's growing, which again is amazing and awesome, I can't talk shit about people without the people I'm talking shit about no, like actually seeing it themselves. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. So on one hand, it's like, oh, great. So happy that so-and-so is now looking at my shit, but oh, wait. But then again, it puts me, you know, to a test where like, how honest are you with yourself and with your audience and what do you stand behind? And if you're standing behind all the shit that, that, that you're saying, then you wouldn't care if X person saw it. So I think, although there's some people can say that I can sometimes be harsh, I think I'm not. I think that I report on it in, in my own way. And usually celebrities in my experience, the ones that have been around, A, have tough skin. And if they're cool, then they know how to make fun of themselves. Like I'm not on, the, on Instagram saying anything ever about someone's, um, you know, calling anybody by any names. You know what I mean? It's just like, so let's say, for instance, the latest thing I had was I was talking about, I don't know if you were seeing this drama, but there was drama between Madison LaCroix from Bravo Southern Charm uh, and Kristen Cavallari uh, from the Hills Laguna Beach. And um, Madison from, first of all, reality stars are all up like in my shit. Like we're friends. They tell me <laughs> shit. They know I'm not going to tell anyone, which is crazy because they trust me, except like, I, and I don't actually spill the tea that they tell me, but I actually care. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, they'll yeah. tell me, Amanda, this is actually what happened. And they know I won't post it, but like, I'll live for knowing that information. Well, I kind of think about what you are doing as the new form of journalism. So they're treating you like a reporter, like they're treating you like a trusted journalist who is reporting in a different way, like in a more casual video forward facing medium, but they're just, you know, trusting that you have those journalistic ethics where this is confidential and off the record and this is on the record and post this, but redact this and so on. And let me tell you some juicy shit, right? Which I'm not going to say names obviously, but I get told if like, I'll be home on my, on my phone and like, I'll be like, oh! and my husband's like, oh my God, are you alive? <laughs> like, did you just have a heart attack? And I'm like, oh my God, Jason Sudeik. So it is wild that I've always loved this shit. I, it's, I made it into like this niche life of mine, but then I get like involved in it in this really crazy way. And, and you're right because social media you know, I get sent a lot like, is E! News like copying you because they just posted what you posted two days ago? And I'm like, mm, maybe. But also, I think that social media is faster than any other media now. Like, my followers will be like, did you see the picture of Gigi's baby on Yolanda's floor? There was like an upside down picture frame and you could see the baby. Like, those people are faster than reporters. You know what I mean? Totally. Like, and it's, it's totally changed the news cycle, not just for celebrities, but for everything. Like mm -hmm. every person with a smartphone is like the next viral reporter that's yet to happen. Who's going to get a Pulitzer Prize for taking the right photo or video capture of like this history making moment. And if you think about some of the most important pivotal things that have happened in the past year, like, 
you know, the tragic murder of George Floyd and the pictures and images and video footage of the people who stormed the Capitol and like, you know, the, the elderly person who got pushed and died, you know, all those like little captures were people with cell phones who were kind of, it's almost like vigilante reporting. And um, it's, it's very cool because it's so populist. And I think it's, make a, it's made us all think differently about the news and the media. And, and also I think, to be honest, I don't know what you think about this, but I think it's bred the desire for the next story. Like people are insatiable. They're like, okay, I got that. I got that gossip. I got that story. Now what's next? In one way, yes, but in, on the other hand, people can't get enough of the same shit sometimes. Like when we were talking about Hilaria Baldwin for weeks, we dug up every single thing, you know, and it was talked about and memed and talked about, and, and, and then it was like, bring back, H, you know, Hilaria, I called her HB2 because I'm obsessed with Haley Bieber, who's HB, and then I called Hilaria HB2, obviously. And then it's like, bring her back, like more HB2. I'm like, there isn't any more. She's quiet. She hasn't spoken for two months. Like more, what do you want me to do? Go outside her house in, 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 in Hamptons and like film her? Like there's no age, more HB2. And then Army Hammer stuff came, which is another example of that's not new. All the shit that he did has been happening, but it's just now coming afloat. And again, via, via social media, which Army Hammer is, less fun. Hilaria was a little bit more fun to, to play with. Um, Army, obviously it's more sensitive because he was accused of um, a bunch of sexual assault things. I mean, not, not officially, but on social media. And um, it's just one thing to the fricking next. Yeah. Do you think that influencers and cancel culture and that kind of thing have changed the way we're going to regard the next social media stars. And I guess this question is less about proper quote unquote celebrities and more about the, the genre of people who are kind of Instagram famous celebrities. Um, because, you know, there have been so many cases of, you know, this per person stealing that person's idea or design or prototype and, you know, like kind of, what are your thoughts on what's going to happen with influencers? I think that there's room for everybody. Like there's so, how many times a day do you get to an account and you're like, how did I know about this? This person has, you know, so many followers is doing some, you know, there's so many there's something for everyone. You want to follow a country person that has seven kids and, you know, designs her house. Do you want to follow that? But what I think has changed a lot in social media. Um, and I remember I heard Charles Porch, who's, um, he's the vice president, I think of partnerships at Instagram, if I'm not mistaken. He said something very true. He said, Instagram used to be very much about curated, pages where everything's kind of the same tone and everything is like really pretty and everything's really curated is, is the word that, that comes to mind. And, and today it's like, people want more real shit. Do you know what I mean? People want to totally. see, um, 
real shit. You know what I mean? They don't want to see the pretty picture or the, they, they, that's why you have the Instagram versus reality, but then that even becomes overplayed. It's like, no, we don't want the Instagram versus reality. We want just the reality. You know what I mean? Yeah. We want, we want it as real as we can get it. And, um, and that's probably why the stories are so much more fun than the than the permanent posts. Like the, I think I speak for everyone when I say following. If you like an account, following the stories is so fun, and following their permanent feed posts is less fun. Exactly, and that's why it's important because you know if I think about keeping up with the Kardashians, right? If they their show is being canceled, I mean, it's the last season, and I'm like, I am not gonna get from their social media, what I get from the show. I don't care about Kylie's, Kylie's skincare. You know what I mean? I don't, I mean, yeah, I can make fun of Kim's new clit cover or whatever she came up with, but, but it's not the same as like seeing her fight with Courtney and you know what I mean? So it depends. So I think we're, we love getting a behind the scenes look at people's lives. And that's why I think the curated things were, were too, is that a church? <laughs> yeah, there's, it's a, there's, there's a church in the background at six <laughs> o'clock. <laughs> oh, oh my God. I thought I was making that up. Um, so yeah, I think people are, I don't know if I even answer the question, but I, uh, did I? Yeah. I mean, I think you did. Yeah. So I guess what I was also trying to ask is when someone does something horribly wrong on social mm. media what 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 do you think should happen to them like is it how do we kind of take cancel culture to the next level where it's like an introspection and acknowledgement and a moving forward culture i wish i could answer that i think it's so complicated first of all i'm against cancel culture and i'll probably be canceled for saying i'm against cancel you're canceled i'm canceled okay goodbye this podcast is over. <laughs> I'm canceled. First of all, I want to say something. All those fucking people trying to cancel people. I always do the work, the sleuthing work, and I check that canceled person. Did their numbers go down? Nope. Nope, nope, nope. You know why? They go up, yeah. <laughs> you know why? Because people love that shit. They want to be there and they want to follow that person when they make the statement or when they're back on social media. So totally. So let's not pretend this is something it isn't. Hilaria Baldwin went up, like, listen, again, I, I'll look at numbers. I'm not going in. Like, I didn't even know there was like a, a, a website that you can check. Like, I think the history of like an account, like it's called like social blade or something, which I just found out about. Um, but I'll like notice, I'll like look at, I remember when Hilaria Baldwin shit started it was like, I don't remember, maybe 750. Now she's like 880 or something. Um, I remember Stassi Schroeder from Vanderpump Rules. When this happened, she was 2.1 million. She's 2.2 now. So it's like, do their lives get, you know, ruined in some way? And are they affected? A hundred percent. It's not all about followers, but I'm just like, all these people are canceling them. But yet they're still here and they're, they're watching. And I wouldn't want those people following me, right? I really like my community because I want to believe that whoever's following me doesn't hate me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't want the people that are like watching you in a mean way, the way I'm watching like Kylie Jenner. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not watching Kylie Jenner in a supportive way. I'm watching her to like make fun of the next thing she does. So what I'm saying is, 
I don't believe in cancel culture. It's so hard now because people are apologizing left and right and you don't know what to believe anymore. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. wait, but you said that yesterday and then people came at you. So today you're apologizing. It's not, you're not apologizing for something that happened 13 years ago. And I can say, okay, you grew, you learned. You said something yesterday. You didn't think you would get shit for it. You got shit for it. So today you're so sorry and you're looking inward. So it's a lot of like, I don't know how to answer that because I don't want people to be assholes, but I also don't want people to lie. And yeah. how do you forgive like a PR statement? You know, and I yeah. don't know. It's it, but also people, people are harsh and people are not everybody's perfect. And people sometimes, you know, have a past and yeah, they can learn and they can grow, but who are like the masses need to stop coming for people. Um, and especially if they're looking for them to be taken down, that's where I don't like it. You can look for them for an apology, for an introspection, but a lot of it lately in this cancel culture and the part that I don't like is like, we're looking to get them fired. We're looking to hurt their, you know, uh, um, their livelihood and that I'm less into. Yeah. Who, who, which kind of celebrities do you love and who do you think keeps it real and authentic and is like, who, who's like cool? Sophie Turner is mad cool. Okay. Love Sophie Turner. Um, uh, Chrissy Teigen keeps it pretty real. Uh, I like her on social media as well. Um, I love the Foster sisters on social media. Um, Claire Holt is really cool. She was on Vampire Diaries. There are a lot of different people that um, are cool. My less like, the, the, the pages that I less like and I really don't understand why people follow are pages that are like, just like this perfect girl in these perfect outfits posting these perfect captions. And that I don't understand how that does good for anybody's, how that sparks joy. Yeah. <laughs> those are yeah. those are like not my cup of tea where I'm like okay she's beautiful she's hot she's skinny she's wearing really nice clothes I can't afford and she's like writing in the caption that her life is the best thing that ever happened to anybody like that's yeah. not helping my life right now <laughs> so what are the kind of cringiest things that you see on social media or the things that you know apart from the perfect person in the perfect life with the perfect yeah. clothes like what are the things that are kind of like total missteps or PR disasters or just like, oh my gosh, please don't post that. I mean, listen, captions are always something that I look at as like a, because you can so tell when you're in this game, you're like, you thought about that caption for two days and that's <laughs> what you came up with. And you thought it was so genius and you were like, oh man, I'm going to write this. So, um, but sometimes it is really good and you're like, oh, nice. Um, and sometimes it's really well played. Just the other day when Courtney uh, Kardashian and Travis Barker alluded to their uh, romance, they did it so classily. They literally, each of them put up a photo of the same fireplace. And then she put up a photo of like them handholding. And I was like, this is just, and then Scott Disick, that was a freaking cringe, put up a picture with his 19 year old girlfriend. His hair is bleach blonde. He's having a midlife crisis. And he wrote something like, just kidding. I don't even know. That was, I was like, I was all <laughs> my body. Oh, what gets me, the what makes me the maddest and I'm the cringiest about 
is the, um, well, we talked about Instagram versus reality, but is the stomach folds body positivity movement, which people that follow me know that I had months of, um, of I would post that shit because it pissed me off so much. And then I felt bad because I got some uh, and what is that? Can you explain a little more? Yeah, sorry. Um, if you guys are on TikTok, I think there's a lot of that happening on TikTok. We're basically uh, women that are like considered, let's say, universally thin, or as we know it, will contort their bodies in ways to show us that they have roles and it's okay. Hashtag body positivity. Um, models, models doing this. Models sitting down being like, I'm, you know, I have roles too. And my butt can dimple and don't feel bad about yourself because when I, you know, stick my hands to the sides of my body, then there's, I hate that. I fucking hate that because I don't think, are you dying? <laughs> um, that's so relatable. I think that's, <laughs> I think that's so relatable. Yeah. I, I, and, and the thing is you were talking about how we can, okay. So I'll give you an example of of me right so when i was post i would post the women posting this shit i would block out their faces but i would just be like this is annoying and then one of the women um came at me and said that that's really not cool and i said listen i th and we we had a very honest conversation she was also she was also a known person um she was like that's not cool and you know it's hurtful and i said listen i'm not doing it to hurt you i even blocked your face I just think that what you're doing is harmful to women because you're sh kind of showing that your body can be imperfect too, except to other people, your body's perfect in those situations too, because you barely have a fucking fold when you're trying so hard. So then she said that she understood me, like we had a very uh, uh, understanding conversation. She said that she totally understands where I'm coming from and she's gonna try to be more mindful but then she told me about her history with eating disorders and how she looks in the mirror and she thinks she's, she has body dysmorphia. And then I came away from that being like, do I still think it's really annoying? Yes. Do I understand that in her mind, she doesn't see it the way I am? Yes. And I literally stopped doing it. And not because I was scared of being canceled because most of my followers fucking lived for it. They still send me it. They're like, I made a look at this model trying to, you know, but I just stopped posting because I said, I get her point. What she's trying to say is like, I don't know how she's feeling and she could have the same feelings about her perfect body to me. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, so I stopped that. Yeah. Yeah. How, so how, you know. <laughs> I, think, I think that that's so interesting because I think all of us have, have had reckonings about what it means to be real or raw or authentic because on some level social media is not normal and even posting you know totally routine normal content is slightly put upon it's not normal to look into a selfie camera and narrate your day and even if you're just saying you know just the facts even if i'm doing that and explaining the anatomy of the zygomatic arch or something extremely technical there's it's still not a totally natural second nature thing. And so there is this level of like, what is personal and what is public facing. And I think that line's becoming really blurred and it's so interesting. I wanted to ask you about this statistic I read. 
so fascinating to me. But um, take a wild guess how many people in the world you think have more than 100,000 Instagram followers? Like how many people have, you know, there are like seven or eight billion people on earth. I guess it's nine billion now. Um, how many people have more than a hundred thousand Instagram followers? One million. 140 million people have more than a hundred thousand Instagram followers. Can you believe that? That's like the population of, you know, a large nation. Um, 140 million people. And so like it, it just blew my mind when I read that. I, I think I guessed something like a million also in my mind, but um, it made me think like, what does it mean to be in a culture where everybody's famous? You know, I don't have the stats on how many people have more than like 50,000 or 10,000 or 5,000, but like, what does it mean to live in a world where so many people have quote fame? Do you have any like thoughts about this or? First of all, you are so introspective. Like you are really <laughs> asking questions that are so, so um, thought provoking. You know what I mean? It's so true. What does yeah. it mean to live in a world where everyone's kind of famous? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think for me, I love it because I created like, I, I'm a very like appreciative of the moment person. So I step back like every day. I'm like, what is this shit? How did I get to do this shit? How did I manifest this? Was I manifesting this without knowing I was like, um, so I can see how it could be annoying to other people or how maybe people miss the way it used to be. But for me, it's like, people can create their own opportunities today and people can create their own platforms and people don't have to wait to be, um, you know, discovered by playing guitar in the street. They could post their uh, songs to YouTube. You know what I mean? Or people can uh, not wait for E! News to call them and say, hey, Amanda, we've been waiting for you our whole lives. Amanda can just be her own E! News on her own. Do you know what I mean? So I, I think that I, I like... Um, I think it is wild. You're right. Um, but I also think that it's creating so many opportunities for so many people where you can kind of manifest and create your own life without waiting for opportunities, um, and depending on like external things, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's democratized life so much, right? Like I think for better and for worse, and that's something that scares a lot of people because it creates a little instability. Like just because your, you know, dad was the president of a company doesn't mean that you're next in line at the company or, you know, just because your friend owns the record label doesn't mean that you sign the song. If, you know, if, if you can kind of put your content out into the world and this concept that anyone can go viral if they just interest other people, it's kind of like thrown everything we knew out the window. Wow. That is, you don't understand how true that's like when we go back to, we were talking about celebrities, you know, a lot of people like to think like, Oh, celebrities don't run their own Instagram account. So maybe Beyonce doesn't. Okay. Like, I don't know, kind of looks like she doesn't. If you guys check out her Instagram, um, a lot of celebrities do. And a lot of them are scrolling that explore page, just like you and I, and coming across coming across things, you know what I mean? So it's, it's a wild thing because you can, I can slide into like Brad Pitt's DMs if I wasn't married. 
and maybe he'll answer. You know what I mean? Maybe yeah. he'll see it. He yeah. could see it. He could not answer, but I'm saying you have, you can reach people in a way that what it used to be. You have to print out your resume and like run down the street today. It's like, you can slide and slither into DMS. You can tag, you can, it's just this wild thing where you can get connected to people that you've never thought before. And that, um, you never know who's out there. You never know. I was just talking to a comedian yesterday on my podcast and he was telling me he's putting out a comedy special for free on YouTube. And I was like, why would you do it for free? Talking to someone who like does everything for free. But, um, he was like, the same thing we're talking about. Like, you don't know who uh, he's trying to be the Justin Bieber of comedy, right? Justin Bieber was discovered on YouTube by Usher. Um, so it's like, you don't know, who's scrolling YouTube can see his comedy special, you know, someone that works at Netflix or uh, you don't even need somebody who works at Netflix. You need uh, somebody, uh, uh, somebody's kid who's friends with somebody in their class, whose dad, you know what I mean? It's just, everything is so intertwined and so connected that I think it's such a positive thing in, um, in, in our lives right now that it's, it's become easier to kind of, do what you want to do to get connected to people. And, and the world is, and I've noticed that a lot recently, it's so much, and in a good way about connections and, and meeting people. Like for me, starting my podcast, the funnest thing about it is meeting people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or other podcasters that do what I do or, or, or people that are on reality shows or whatever. It's just meeting people. I'm getting connected to people is like, the best thing you can do. And if it's viral and not in person, and if it's on social media or whatever, I st still think it's like a super positive thing. Yeah. And I think social media has really allowed people to lean into themselves a little bit more. Like I, I grew up as an academic and like pretty serious, not particularly outgoing kid. And the thought of me being a professional, a plastic surgeon and having an Instagram account where I like do daily videos and posts and all that, that was the furthest thing in the world from my mind. And I still remember the day that a friend of mine suggested I get an Instagram account. And I literally, my response was, I would never want to see anyone as a patient who would find their plastic surgeon through Instagram. And now literally I eat my words every single day because the cell phone is the new computer, right? And Instagram is the new website. Instagram slash TikTok slash Clubhouse, what, you know, insert the next thing here. And I really think of social media as this mechanism that's allowing ourselves to, that we're allowing ourselves to kind of change with technology. And there are so many little iterations of personality types and types of work and like the type of content people put into the world that you can literally just be the most yourself that you can possibly be. And then you'll find an audience who likes you. Mm. And it, it's sort of like in a way, the most empowering thing that you could do. You don't have to fit into the mold of like, okay, you're an accountant. This is what accountants do, or you're um, a reporter. This is what reporters do. You could kind of do your own thing. A hundred percent. I agree. Can I get this podcast episode and put it on my, like, I need this. This is so good. Can <laughs> yes. I steal it? Thank you. <laughs> oh my God. I owe you one because you guys, Amanda, as we were starting this podcast, she was like, um, I know you've been doing your podcast, but like, can, could you just put on some headphones because it's not going to sound good. So anyone who's listening and thinking it has good sound quality. Thank you, Amanda, for the pro tip. Um, 
Well, this is so fun. I feel like I could talk to you forever, but um, I wanted to just end with a couple of more practical questions. Since you are really one of my favorite people to follow in part because you exemplify how doing something that you like can become a career path. And so I was hoping that you could give people listening a little advice about how to make their passions into something that can be a career, particularly with reference to social media. Like how, how do you make this work? How do you monetize it? How do you like practically make this a job? That is a really good question. And I'm going to have an annoying AF answer. <laughs> I'm going to have the answer of like, when you search, how did Demi more become famous and it's like oh they found her in a mall in Kentucky um and you're like uh <laughs> better move because, to Kentucky <laughs> yeah better they're all found there Johnny Depp was found in Kentucky <laughs> here I am in New York nobody freaking found me so I think honestly and this is really honestly I think that going into it with I want to get famous or I want to get followers is not the vibe is not the, not the vibe that I would want in somebody that I follow. I think honestly, for me, when I started my Instagram, it was after I had like a blog that nobody read because I didn't pub promote it because I just wanted to like write or whatever I was doing at the time. So when I started, it was like, Oh, like I like funny things and I'll like share them for other people. And I remember saying like, as it evolved and became from funny memes and it became kind of me and my life and celebrities. And just now it's like just chaos. <laughs> um, it was always, even when I wasn't making a dollar, a dollar, like not even like a gift bag. Okay. I would be like, I love doing this. I just love it. I don't care if it's a hobby. I don't care if it's after school. I don't care if it's after work. So it's, it's, it's it, the tale as old as time of like, if you love something a lot and you dedicate yourself to it and you are determined to like do what you love and you believe in it, like, I know that's so annoying, but it was literally years of me. It was like four years until kind of things started really happening. And, you know, I was just talking to my friend about it and she was like, I'm so proud of you. She was like being really sweet. And I was like, "Ugh, I can't like, I was like over talking about my, my, my like quote unquote success. And she was like, Amanda, this isn't like an overnight thing. You've been working at this for four years. The fact that it's happening now isn't like, oh, it's happening out of nowhere. You've been working at it for four years. Do you get what I'm saying? So it's, it's, you have to love it as, as with anything, as with your work, as with anybody's work. Like if you, I really believe that if you love something and you believe in it and you think that you're good at it, or you, it's something you want to spend your time doing, whether it's going to make bank or not make bank, then I think that, that that's really like felt, you know what I mean? So I totally agree with that. And I think that I, I totally agree with that. And I, I, I had a very similar experience, even though I do something that's different. Um, and obviously I ha have a very niche field. So there's like all these different prerequisites involved in that in terms of training and stuff. But when it's I was finished, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like, you know, I had to do my thing that I did, but, um, you know, when I was 
done with my training. And this was at the end of like, you know, medical school, I got a master's degree in public health. I did this NIH pre-doctoral clinical research fellowship, residency in general surgery, plastic and reconstructive surgery, residency fellowship. At the end of all of that, I finished and I started my practice and I was literally no one. Like, you know, I, I am, I'm studious and academic and I have good hands, but nobody knew me from anybody. And um, I grew up in California, so I had no like personal or family contacts in New York. Um, and I spent the first year of my life as an attending just volunteering to be on call at a bunch of area hospitals. And I operate for free in the middle of the night. I did tons of amazing reconstructive surgery cases like facial trauma. Someone was in a car accident. They broke all their facial bones. You know, somebody had their finger chopped off in like an industrial work accident. Somebody, a kid fell down on a playground and split open their face. You know, just tons of not glamorous reconstructive surgery cases. Much of it was done for free for people who were indigent or didn't have health insurance or frankly couldn't afford to pay for anything. And um, you know, all the all the sort of most senior, most established plastic surgeons who were only, you know, the, the most established people would decline cases. And so I was always available. And to the point where I was so hungry to work that I would like bring pizzas to the ER staff to like try to ingratiate myself and make them happy and be like, if you have any problems, I'm here to help. And I, I did that for like a year and gradually, you know, built a reputation and a name for myself in the most simple way. And it looks, it looks very little like my current life right now. Um, but those are some of my best memories because it was so pure. It was like so true. Like I really wanted to do that. And those were the cases that I was able to get when I was like a brand new baby plastic surgeon. And I did those cases and then gradually think snowball, right? Like just like celebrities are sliding in your DMs right now and you're like getting the gossip before the news networks get it. It's the same thing for me now where like, you know, one of those kids who fell on a playground who I sewed up in the middle of the night, you know, had a mom who like happened to be so-and-so and so-and-so and, -so, and it kind of snowballs. And um, so I think for people who are listening, like I actually, I know you preface this by saying it's going to be annoying, but I actually think that's so true. And like some of the most beautiful and poignant and heartfelt advice reads as a cliche, but cliches are overused because they gesture toward the truth. Like that's the whole reason they became cliches in the first place, because they're true. So I liked it. And I like the way you put things. You're going to have to come on my podcast. Oh my God. Now. I want to be on your podcast. That's so fun. But then you're going to have to tell us who you did Botox and fillers for. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh you're like, yeah, no, I'm just kidding. I'm a magician kidding. never reveals her secrets. <laughs> um, well, this has been so amazing and fun. Can you tell everybody where to find you and how to keep up with you? Um, it is not skinny, but not fat on Instagram. And that's the name of my podcast. And, uh, yeah, Amanda, thank you so much. <laughs>